0: The Braves Radio Network channel on the podcast park is brought to you by Truist Bank. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank.
1: And a good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome into the Frozen Rope Report, your first of the 2023 baseball season. That is right. Pitchers and catchers have reported to their respective camps. A number of guys have shown up early and we are happy to be back with you here as we kick off the new year. That's right. The Super Bowl is behind us. If you are uh, rooting allegiances of the Kansas City Chiefs, I know you had a great day on Sunday. Folks in my hometown of Philadelphia, I haven't even called mom yet. I'm sure she's not very happy about the outcome and the, the way things ended up for her Eagles. But football season is over, and as I tweeted as soon as that game went final... Baseball season is officially back. Again, pitchers and catchers reporting yesterday. uh, Those folks who are headed to the World Baseball Classic. And we'll talk about some of the guys who are early arrivals at Braves Camp in Northport. Coming up over the course of our show. Later on, we're also going to dive into some of the new rules going into Major League Baseball this year. We know that there's a lot of changes that are taking place including some additional ones. We'll get to that, plus much, much more. And, of course, we'll take a look at this date in baseball history. One of my favorite things to do on this podcast, we do it every single episode, get you up to speed on some things that you may not have ever heard of that happened in this great game over the course of history. Again, it is the official kickoff of baseball season. We are about a month and a half away from opening day and still lots of things to discover and figure out about this Atlanta Braves ball club between now and the start of the season. We all know that all eyes are on shortstop and that fifth spot in the rotation, but one position that I don't think has really gotten a whole lot of attention this offseason is left field, and uh, we we've gone into uh, ad nauseum <laughs> the uh, the battles that will take place at shortstop and uh, in the rotation. But for me, I think that left field becomes a really interesting spot for this Braves ball club. Look, Eddie Rosario is back. Um, what uh, what version of Eddie Rosario are you getting this year? Are you getting the one you had in the postseason a couple of years ago, or are you getting the one you had last year? Uh, is it somewhere in the middle? That's sort of how I feel. It's somewhere in the middle. And look, that's a pretty darn good piece to have uh, in your lineup. The other question becomes, what about Marcelo Zuna? And I know that we've sort of talked about this on the Braves Clubhouse Report over the offseason. He still owed quite a bit of money uh, over the next couple of years. And this is still a guy that had 20-plus home runs a year ago. So for me, uh, while I feel like your everyday lineup will be uh, a combination of Darno and Murphy catching and DHing, I still think we could see Marcelo Zuna. Now, look, he's going to have to go down there, and he's going to have to earn the playing time. He's going to have to earn his way into the lineup. Uh, But I go back to the COVID-shortened year of 2020 and how great a job he did as the designated hitter. Now, do I expect a guy to, you know, put up those kind of numbers over a 60 game stretch? Probably not. Uh, but again, do I look at a guy who can still give me some serious pop, can change the game with one swing and, you know, be a threat offensively? I still feel like that's where Marcel is at his point, uh, at this point I should say, in his career. So, uh, look, I feel like your primary left fielder is going to be Eddie Rosario, but remember, the Braves have brought in a number of guys uh, that have, uh, you know, sort of been those uh, uh, depth pieces for a number of ball clubs over the course of their career. Could one of those guys pan out and materialize? Could it be a guy like a Kevin Pillar? Uh, could it be, you know, an, an Eli White who had spent time uh, with the Texas Rangers? Uh, pretty good defender. Um, could it be a Sam Hilliard who the Braves brought in this offseason? There's a number of guys that are going to compete for that playing time uh, and that spot in the lineup. But I do feel like uh, some combination of those guys uh, to be in your lineup and then to be on your bench to give you some depth uh, is a great place to be. So uh, how it all plays out, who knows? Maybe there's a guy that comes in that we're not even talking about. You know, a lot of times uh, you, you see clubs that uh, release guys throughout the course of spring training that aren't going to make the club or, or uh, aren't a fit. Uh, could there be a guy that we're not even talking about that's not even in the organization that comes into the Braves and, and you know, finds a spot here in Atlanta? Uh, a couple of years ago, they had uh, guys like Ryan Flaherty that served that role. Heck, they went out and got Robbie Grossman a year ago. What a great job he did uh, for the Braves, a guy that I don't think we expect to see in the lineup nearly as frequently as we did. And Robbie Grossman did a really, really good job. So uh, we'll see what they decide to do and how it plays out. Here's what I'll warn you, and I I do this every year at the kickoff of spring training. Don't allow yourself to be overly fooled when it comes to spring training stats. And the reason I say that is I've spent a number of spring trainings with the Braves, uh, whether it was at Disney World or, or now in Northport. And I've seen guys that have come into camp and have put up absolutely ridiculous numbers. I've joked about this before. I've seen Emilio Bonifacio go out there and look like Ted Williams for four weeks uh, during Grapefruit League games and make the ball club and then it just doesn't work out. Um, There's been a number of guys over the years that have been spring training all-stars, spring training superstars that have not translated. And I'll say it the other way as well. Uh, Guys who are uh, talented you know, superstar players who may not have great spring trainings, don't allow yourself to think, well, maybe this guy's in for a down year. And so again, I think that spring training stats, sure they matter at times. Sure, you want to see guys go out there and, and ball out and put up put up good numbers and have a good solid spring. But at the same time, I don't allow myself to get overly wrapped up in those kinds of stats. I do think that um, you know it is important to get the work in. It's important to uh, you know find a way to uh, you know impress when you're down there. But at the same time, I I, I just I can't allow myself to get overly, you know, you know, enamored when it comes to spring training stats. So again, a week from Saturday is the Braves' first spring training game. And uh, you can hear that game on 680 The Fan, Braves Radio Network. And we'll have every pitch. Brent ben Ingram will be with the team uh, in Northport. He'll have the play-by-play of all those games. Uh, you'll hear Joe Simpson. You'll hear Jim Powell. You'll hear all of them on the Braves Radio Network. Uh, a couple of other names that are back with the Braves to keep an eye on when it does come to rounding out what the bench could look like when it comes to look out uh, utility-type players. Uh, we know that Adani Echevar is back. We know that uh, also uh, Ade Adrianza is back. Big part of the Braves World Series Club a couple of years ago. Um, So those are some of the non-roster guys to keep an eye on. Pilar, Adrianza, Luplo, uh, Echevarria, Pilar, uh guys that I think you know could be uh, intriguing names as we go throughout the course of spring training. Uh, as far as the rules are concerned, these guys are going to have some adjustments to make now that they are down there, now that they are getting worked out. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the shift is banned. Uh, we do know that when a pitch is thrown, all four infielders are required to be on the infield dirt or the infield grass with two on each side of second base. So basically draw an imaginary line, Right up the middle of the infield. Two on the left side, two on the right side. So no more of uh, Austin Riley running out to shallow right field with two strikes in an inning. They have to be on those respective sides of the bag. Now, the players can move as soon as a pitch is thrown. But when you watch a baseball game, it's really hard to make a play if you are in motion and you're not necessarily watching the ball. I don't expect a lot of teams to put guys in movement there um, and have them, you know, trying to get closer or take a few steps. Um, I just it makes it very, very difficult. Now, so again, there, there. That's the biggest rule. That's the biggest change, obviously, that's coming here to baseball this year what are they trying to change well they're trying to to up batting average they're trying to up stolen base numbers uh last season I saw this uh, on ESPN.com the other day from Jesse Rogers uh he said why they're trying to change it well the league-wide batting average last year folks was down to 243 in 2022 that's the lowest since 1968 a lack of singles in particular is at the heart of the decline uh so there you go they're trying to put more balls in play and as Ozzy obviously told us at uh, Braves Fest a few weeks ago if you hit a ball over the second baseman's head uh, you know a little flare in the shallow right field that should be a hit that should not be an out so I think a lot of the offensive players who have had uh, you know hits taken away over the last few years will be uh, pretty happy as well. The pitch clock, this is also something new. Pitchers are going to have 15 seconds to throw a pitch with the bases empty, and that goes up to 20 seconds with a runner on. Now, it's not just affecting the pitchers, but the hitters as well. You know, we always talk about the hitters have to keep one foot in the box. You can't go for a walk around and, you know, adjust the batting gloves. Hitters will need to be in the batter's box with eight seconds left on the pitch clock. So really, if you want to step out, you want to change your gloves, fix them up, you got seven seconds to get yourself back in the box. If a pitcher has not started to deliver a pitch before the clock hits zero, he'll be charged with a ball. Now, if a batter, conversely, on the other side uh, is not in the batter's box, he's going to be charged with a strike. And I have seen this uh, on some videos uh, from the minor leagues, of uh, guys that have been you know rung up on strikes to end in that bat because they were not back in the batter's box you know the pitcher didn't have to throw a pitch he was just you're out um what are they trying to change well a a nine inning game last season averaged three hours and four minutes (laughs) That actually dropped from 2021. That actually went down a little bit. But I think if you look around the minors and how it is sped up game times around minor league baseball, uh, that is what their goal is here. Uh, There's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of time where nothing's happening in a major league baseball game and they're trying to cater to the next generation. So I'm not necessarily crazy about the pitch clock. I think that a few years ago in spring training, I talked to some folks who they said, you know, it's it's never going to get to Major League Baseball. They're never going to have this in the big leagues. They're going to do it in the minors. They're going to have guys almost have an internal pitch clock, and they're not really going to need to do it in the big leagues. Well, what we know is that uh, that's not the case. By, By the way, I mentioned three hours, four minutes was your average game time for a nine inning game last year in the big leagues. Two hours, 39 minutes uh, in the ma- in the minors, that's 20 minutes shorter uh, than the uh, the average time of a uh, 335 games without a clock. Last season, so there you go. It, it does. It it cuts out a lot of downtime. It's gonna feel like the game's moving at a quicker speed. Also, the fact that pitchers cannot throw over as much as they used to as well. You only get two throwovers to first base. Uh, if you step off a third time, your pitcher is gonna be charged with a balk uh, unless you have a runner that has advanced uh, during the at bat. So really, uh, pitchers, you know, a lot of times guys like to throw over three or four times if there's a speedy runner. Think about if you have an Acuna or a Michael Harris or an Ozzie Albies. Three really good examples right here in Atlanta. Uh, If, if, you know, pitchers like to hold them on, you're not going to be able to do that. Throw over twice, you throw over a third time, it's a balk and that runner's going to get second base. Anyway, hey, speaking of the bases, we know that the bases are larger as well. 15 inches to 18 inches. So bigger bags this year. That's encouraging stolen base numbers. And I do think that's a fun element of the game that really we don't see nowhere close to what we used to see back in the '80s and the '90s. Uh, stolen base numbers. Go if you want some some ridiculous stolen base numbers. Go on BaseballReference.com. Look at Ricky Henderson. Look at Lou Brock. Look at some of the Ty Cobb. Look at some of these other guys that just were stolen base machines. And again, you just don't see that anymore. Could we see some really explosive stolen base numbers this year? Yeah, I think so. And I think you can see them right here in Atlanta. So 15 inches to 18 inches, uh, they are uh, they are encouraging the stolen base numbers. And I do think you're going to see those jump quite a bit as we go into 2023. Hey, speaking of this upcoming season, I know a lot of folks have been asking me, and I, you know, I've seen it on social media. I've seen it uh, with the folks that I uh, bump into at the grocery store or over at the Little League ballpark. Uh, a lot of folks a little worried about this team and the veteran leadership and I'm just going to tell you right now please put that narrative out of your mind. I am not worried about this team. I think that this Braves Ball Club has a lot of good guys, whether they're established veterans who have been around a long time, like a Charlie Morton in the pitching staff, like a Travis Darnot behind the plate, or whether it's young guys who have still been around a while. See Austin Riley, see Ozzy Albies. Um, There's a number of guys, I think, in this club and in this organization that are going to be bona fide leaders at their various positions. Now, are they going to, Knock over the buffet spread after a tough loss? Probably no. You don't, you don't really do that in baseball. That's sort of more of a football thing. But at the same time, I think that one guy I'm looking to to be more of a leader, and he talked about it at Braves Fest, is Ozzie Albies. I think that Ozzie's a guy who uh, who understands where he fits in this team. He's getting older. I mean, he's, look, he's still young. He's getting older. He's 26. Uh, but what I mean by that is this is already going to be, can you believe it? This is Ozzy's seventh season in the big leagues. Came up in 2017. So this will be his sixth full season and his seventh year as a major leaguer. So I look to a guy like Ozzy to be more of a uh, outspoken leader. If somebody needs to be pulled aside, again, he's 26. As I mentioned, he's still young, but experience-wise, He's getting older, and he's been around. He's been around a lot of winning clubs. So I'm looking at a guy like Ozzy to maybe be one of those guys that kind of pops out and uh, is is more of a vocal veteran-type leader uh, with the departures of Freddie Freeman two years ago and now with Dansby Swanson this offseason. Um, I do think that they are in good shape. I don't worry about it. Uh, Austin Riley, really smart young man. Uh, Ronald Acuna, one of the iconic, you know, you know obviously faces of Major League Baseball. Uh, and then you go up and down that line. Up. There's just leaders all over the place. I mean, look at Michael Harris and, and how you know mature he is as coming up as a 21 year old. Spencer Strider, what he did a year ago. Um, I feel like while they might not have the old dudes as Domino jokes, they might not have the Yodas sitting in the in the corner of the clubhouse, uh, but they're going to be just fine, folks. Let's not worry about this team and their leadership and and who's going to step up and say something if they have to. That's one thing that this team has never lacked, and they're going to be just fine in that department once again here in 2023. All right, before we say goodbye. Time to take a peek at this date in baseball history for you. Oh, by the way, Happy Valentine's Day, everybody! Uh, it is February 14th. I completely lose track of the days, uh, and uh, you know, especially once baseball starts, I can't tell you what date it is or what day of the week it is. It just come, becomes okay. Uh, what time is the game today? And what time am I on the air for the pregame show? That's that's what my life revolves around. But hopefully, you're all gonna have a great Valentine's Day with the ones you love. Uh, big uh, Happy Valentine's to my lovely bride Melissa uh, and my two little ones, Max and Mia. Uh, Daddy love you all and uh, is very, very happy to spend the day with you here today. All right, as I mentioned, this date in baseball history for you, it was on this date uh, February 14th, 1986. The New York Mets signed Doc Gooden to a one-year $1.32 million deal, making the 21-year-old the youngest millionaire in Major League Baseball history. Now, the reigning Cy Young Award winner would strike out 268 batters and post a 153 ERA. That led the National League en route to a 24-4 record in eight, uh, 1985. Avoids going to arbitration after agreeing to his new deal on this date in 1986. And uh, that thing worked out pretty good for Doc and the New York Mets. Uh, you look at the numbers he put up in 86. 17-6 record, a 284 ERA, 250 innings, 200 strikeouts on the nose. Look at the first three seasons from Doc Gooden. I'm looking at his baseball reference page right now. Unbelievable what he did his first three seasons as a 19, 20, and 21 year old. How about 58 wins, 19 losses, a 228 ERA in 99 starts? 744 innings pitched, that was uh, averaging about 256 per season, 744 strikeouts in 744 and two-thirds innings in his first three seasons as a 19, 20, and 21-year-old Doc Gooden on this date becomes the youngest millionaire in Major League Baseball history. Uh, That uh, has happened a few other times uh, since this day, as we are all well aware all right, a couple of more for you here. It was also on this date in 2002. The Tigers signed Dimitri Young to a four-year deal with two team options. In December, the Tigers had traded Juan Encarnacion and a minor league righty to acquire the first baseman and outfielder from the Cincinnati Reds, Demet Hook, as they called him. Demetri Young signing on this date a four-year deal with the Tigers in 2002. Also on this date in 2005, the Twins signed arbitration-eligible Johan Santana to the richest contract in franchise history, signed him to a four-year deal with $40 million guaranteed. In 2004, the 25-year-old went uh, garnered 28 first-place votes and became the first Venezuelan to win the Cy Young 20 and six and a 261 ERA in 2004, and on this date, Johan Santana agrees to a four-year, forty million dollar deal. This one I thought was interesting. On this date in 2007, for the first time in Wrigley Field history, the Cubs will allow ads on the green doors located in the ivy in the left and uh, below the left and right field bleachers. Now uh, you know that uh, Wrigley has undergone a whole lot more, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, modernization since then. One thing that I love. that they've done at Wrigley and Fenway. The advertising is the same color as the paint on the uh, green monster and as the as the ivy on the left field wall so it's not as obtrusive as it may be in some other buildings but on this date in 2007 Wrigley Field said yep we're going to allow advertising to be put on those doors uh, that go underneath the bleachers in left and right field and finally for you here on this date in 2011 the Yankees come to terms with free agent outfielder Andrew Jones on a one and a half million dollar one year deal and that uh, eliminated their likelihood of bringing back Johnny Damon. Now, uh, Andrew Jones, best known, obviously, for his defense and his 10 gold gloves here in Atlanta, would spend two seasons in New York before wrapping up 17 major league seasons with a lifetime 254 average, and he is inching closer and closer to Cooperstown, we know he's got a few years left on the ballot, uh, but, uh, Andrew Jones, what an unbelievable career he had in big league baseball, 17 seasons, a lifetime 254 average, 434 home runs, and then, oh, by the way, those, uh, 10 consecutive gold gloves, uh, he was, uh, Silver Slugger recipient, five-time All-Star. The list goes on and on and on, and now all we need to do is add Cooperstown to Andrew Jones' Hall of Fame credential, or to his uh, baseball reference credentials on his page, and hopefully that comes as early as next year. Alright, that's going to do it for our show here on a Valentine's Day Tuesday morning. Hope you'll join us for the Braves Clubhouse Report tomorrow. That'll come your way at 2 o'clock on 680 The Fan here in Atlanta. And of course, we'll continue to do these podcasts throughout the course of the uh, uh, spring training. We'll get you all the news and notes from camp as we hear coming out uh, and of course we will have uh, uh nick and chris be down there i believe it's next week so you might want to uh, tune in to cellini and domino on the fan they'll have tons of interview tons of great content coming out of braves camp that starts next week so hopefully you'll join us for that and again baseball right around the corner we're about six and a half seven weeks away from opening day you're excited we're excited to bring it to you and believe me we cannot wait to get things rolling once again here in 2023 on the atlanta braves radio network